Good afternoon and welcome to a spooky edition of Triple Threat, brought to you by Sticklin and Dryer Love. <laughs> Here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Alright, let's drop that now. My name is Kyle Jones, <laughs> and I am joined as always by my good friends Chance Sticklin and Colt Dusing. And we're here to bring you all your midday lunchtime sports talk. And we got a great show for y'all today. Football taking place across the country, college and NFL. We're going to get into it. Mizzou with a big game against Florida tomorrow. You can catch that game live here on KCOU. We'll have all the action from here in the studio. And of course, World Series wrapping up. Dodgers taking the dub there. Let's get into things. Chance, how you doing? I am doing good, and I know for all three of us can probably say this, but the sun is finally shining in Columbia. I know yeah. the, the first half of the week we had a little bit of snow, we had a little bit of rain, some sleet, and it was really cold. Today it's still chilly, it's not brutally cold, but the sun is shining, and Halloween is now a day away, fellas. Truly spooky season. Cole, how are you enjoying your spooktober? Well... Yeah, I would call it Spooktober, and honestly, before I say how Spooktober has been, Kyle, you definitely threw me off on the whole Dracula vampire impression. I was not expecting you to have that good of impression, so props to you on that. But I'll, I'll be real. I, I didn't expect for me to be that good either. I kind of surprised myself. <laughs> well, you surprised us all, but, um, you know, yeah, of course, you know, it snowed on Monday, but of course the snow didn't stick. However, Mizzou did unveil something icy very earlier today, the Mizzou uniforms, all white uniforms, playing against the Florida Gays down in the swamp using the all white uniforms, white helmet with the block M once again, but instead of the normal black block M, they're using the gold block M, which, in my opinion, may be one of the best Mizzou uniforms they've ever put out. It honestly might be one of the best uniforms in college football. I'll be real with you. It looks it looks icy, man. It looks beautiful. If you get a chance, um, they have they have the uniform reveal and the pictures on their Facebook and on their Twitter. Go and seek that out if you would, um, and, and definitely check out those unis because, ooh, ooh, man, just thinking about it makes me excited for tomorrow's game. But let's get into college football, and let's start... With just a little look around the country, we've already had a pair of games played this week. South Alabama traveling to Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern beating the Jaguars 24-17. And then Mountain West kicking things off once again. Colorado State taking on Fresno State in Fresno. And the Bulldogs took that one, 38-17 over the Rams. We have some pretty intriguing matchups tonight. Minnesota-Maryland. I'm excited for that one, guys. Um, Minnesota obviously came up short against Michigan in their first game, lost 49-24. The Terrapins looked like Garbo against Northwestern, losing 43-3. So I think this is a chance for the Golden Gophers to get back on track and get themselves a win. Well, and I know before the we went on uh, the air, you know, just a couple minutes ago, we were talking about how you know they've already released you know the bowl schedule, yes, and it's funny have. because the Big Ten just came back last weekend, and you mentioned the Pac-12. I believe is coming back this weekend or next week. Next weekend, I apologize. Next weekend, the Pac-12 is coming back. But I just, I just, it's it's so interesting. If you look at some of these teams now, they've they've got one win, zero wins, one and one, zero oh and one, that sort of thing. Then you have teams in the SEC who have you know a full schedule under not a full not a full schedule, but like four, but, four or five but games. A, but a majority of their games have been played because they're only in a ten game. A slate, a conference slate this season. So I just think I find that so interesting, and I'm sure as a committee, it's going to be really there's going to be a lot of boiling water uh, going on, you know, with you know who's in, who's out, sort of thing, just because of when all the conferences uh, have started up this season. Yeah, and um, you know, they've 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 waived the uh, the bowl eligibility requirement, so you don't have to win six games to get in anymore, uh, which is going to work in a lot of teams' favor, especially Mizzou. 
Um, we already actually have one of our bull matches confirmed somewhat. We have half of it. Army has already accepted their invitation to, I believe, the Independence Bowl. They will play a team out of the Pac-12 in that game on December 26th down in Shreveport. Um, so that's, you know, we've already got that one. Um, there's a couple of games on here that, you know, I think I think Mizzou fans should keep their eye on um i would think you know if if you're if you're the tigers you're wanting to aim for you know like the las vegas bowl i think you aim for you know the texas bowl the gator bowl you know you're probably not going to get any of the new year's six things but try for something you know respectable you know so we'll, we'll have to see We'll have to see how that goes. Um, I've seen I've seen some uh, predictions saying that they're going to wind up in Las Vegas against Utah or Cal. I've seen predictions putting them in the Texas Bowl against Kansas State. So it really it, it it's going to come down to how things sort of pan out. But it's it's going to be a fun a fun bowl season regardless. And, and speaking of Mizzou, let's get into their upcoming game. They travel to. Gainesville tomorrow to face the 10th-ranked Florida Gators. Florida is 12.5-point favorite, so a considerable amount of points favorite to the Gators. That game is at 6.30 on the SEC Network Alternative. Uh, you've got Connor Bazelak, Kyle Trask, uh, you know, two, I would say, talented quarterbacks. One probably more talented than the other right now, Kyle Trask. I think it's an early Heisman uh, you know, candidate possibly. Bazelak's got some work to do and probably a couple seasons more to get under his belt, but Bazelak nonetheless is playing well uh, for the Missouri Tigers. Larry Roundtree, the third. Kyle Pitts for Florida. So just a couple names to throw out at you guys. Uh, what's the expectation if you're a Mizzou fan uh, traveling down to the swamp tomorrow? I mean, you know, at this point in the season with how everything's gone, the Tigers, um, and, and I think this has been mentioned by a few people, they're playing with house money. Right, I don't think there really are any true expectations. This team beat LSU in a game that they weren't supposed to win. They beat Kentucky in a game that they maybe weren't supposed to win. And they didn't just beat Kentucky. That was a convincing victory. I mean, they held the ball for almost a whole hour in terms of time of possession. They really did just dominate the Wildcats for the first time in, like, half a decade. You know? Like, that game just looked so good. What the Tigers need to do is exactly the same thing that the Texas A&M Aggies did when the Aggies beat Florida a few weeks ago, and that is they just need to outscore. This is not going to be a a defense-heavy game. This is going to be points out the window. Over-under is 61.5, according to ESPN's um, pick center. Uh, I would take the over on that. I would very much take the over on that because I think what we're going to see is something similar to the game against LSU where it's just a blowout. Let Connor Bazelak do his thing. Let the guy throw it. And then there's been talk Florida's rushing defense is not that great. Um, But on top of that, they've allowed 331 passing yards, which is horrible. Cold. So, so I think get this offense working. Yep. If you get a lucky, def- if you get a lucky defensive stop, a lucky goal line stand like they got against LSU, this could be this could be Missouri's game. Cole, the other thing I want to throw out at you before you give your your input on this, let's keep in mind that it'll have been one two full weeks since the Gators have played football. Their last uh, game, of course, was a, a detrimental loss to uh, Texas A and M an eighth-ranked Aggies team, uh, 41-38 back on October 10th. So if you're Mizzou, Mizzou's kind of been in the same, uh, you know, postponed, canceled kind of couple games. However, they did get Kentucky last weekend. That was, you know, of course, that the, the scheduling got moved around. Vanderbilt, of course, that was supposed to be played before that, got moved back to December 12th. So if you're a Mizzou fan, how do, is, do, you, do, you, do you approach this game in any other way than you typically would if Florida was just that next game, rather than, you know, now it's been a couple weeks since Florida's played football, and vice versa, how does Florida come into this game uh, knowing, well, it's been a couple, couple weeks since we've seen the gridiron? 
Well, we saw what happens when a team comes back after playing, after not playing for a few weeks when we saw Mizzou play against Kentucky. We thought that Mizzou was going to come out sloppy. We thought that, you know, in any sport, when you don't play for a few weeks and you suddenly have to, you know, start playing again, you come out sloppy. You're not as fluent and as efficient as you were before. But to bring back Kyle's point, you know, talk about this game a little bit. I definitely agree that Mizzou definitely has to do what they did against LSU. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, Kyle Trask and just like Miles Brennan at LSU, they are top five in the SEC in passing yards. And similar to what Kyle was also pointing out, how Mizzou may get a defensive stop, whether it's an interception or fumble. Well, Joshua Bledsoe is going to be the key because he was the person against LSU that tipped the ball away, that gave Mizzou the win, and he was the guy that create a fumble for Mizzou to beat Kentucky. And if I'm not mistaken, has Bledsoe's been? He was out against Kentucky. No, no, he was he was in. Not Bledsoe. Who was the the defensive player for Mizzou that was out last weekend? That was really important. Not Bolton. There was um, another guy. I thought it was. I thought his last name was Bledsoe. Maybe it no, wasn't. I I, I I think Mizzou had a key defensive player out last week, and I can't remember his name. Uh, but anyways, you know, I think. It, this is an all every SEC game is important. We all know that in the Southeastern Conference, you know, no game is easy to win, uh, but every game is possible. You you can lose every game if you don't come into the game with a proper game plan, game attack. Uh, that being said, let's go around the studio here for a second and give our early game picks uh, for the Mizzou Florida game. We'll start with Cole. Why you got, why you gotta start with me every time? But because right, you're bef- on the you're on the left end yeah, of the table. Yeah, apparently. So <laughs> before I get my pick, I just want to say one final note about Mizzou and how Kyle was saying like expectations are very low for the season with Coven a first year head coach Rinkwitz. The Mizzou culture here for football is completely different and it's going the step way better direction than it ever did with Barry Odom. We saw when Larry Roundtree got that first down against Kentucky and the Mizzou bench was going Absolutely ballistic. We saw after the Mizzou LSU upset victory that Drinkwitz said in the post game that this is not a statement win for me. This is not the game I care about. My only goal as a Mizzou head coach is to win every game I can. When did Barry Odom ever say that in a post game? Well, Barry Odom never had a chance. <laughs> well, he did beat Florida two years ago. <laughs> yeah, after that's Florida. true. That's true. But, but when did Barry Odom ever have that mindset? <laughs> You're absolutely right, though. I mean, this has been a total culture change. Um, and I think one thing that we might also be overlooking um, when talking about this game, not only has Florida not played in terms of like actual games, Florida hasn't been able to practice as much either. They've had their program completely shut down because of COVID cases. So you talk about game prep. These guys haven't been able to work for for half of these two weeks that they've been, you know, on the sidelines. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think these teams combine for upwards of 70 points. But I think that the Tigers pulled this one out. I think it'll be an interesting game. I think that um, now let's, let's, let's back up too. Before Dan Mullen, who, of course, is Florida's head coach, had tested positive, he wanted to, quote, drain the swamp, which was, you know, get the, not drain the swamp, but but pack the swamp. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, 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 guess, think, you're thinking, of the, you're thinking yes. of the wrong politically motivated <laughs> point here. I, I mean, pa- not drain the swamp, but pack the swamp. Wrong conservative. Correct. I mean, pack the swamp. And so now, let's jump ahead two weeks. Dan Mullen test positive. That was unfortunate. He got. Hopefully, he's gotten better. I think he has. The team, I'm, I'm sure, has seen cases too within the players. That was unfortunate, and hopefully, they've gotten better, of course. But I think it's like you, like you brought up. You know, the practice facilities have been closed. It is difficult, um, and Florida's not the only team facing those challenges this season. A lot of other teams have faced those challenges both in college and in the pros. Um, however, I don't. Mizzou's chances against Florida, I don't think are. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to say that they're not super high. I think Florida takes this one. Uh, I think it's going to be a touchdown and a field goal, meaning 10-point game. Um, and I, I, I hand the victory uh, to the Gators. Cole, did you – Did you? I mean, you kind of talked about it, but who are you taking? So I'm going to play devil's advocate here and no pun with the devil Halloween pun on that one. But every time I picked Mizzou to lose, I picked Mizzou to lose against Kentucky. Mizzou won. I picked Mizzou to get blown out by LSU. Mizzou won. So on one hand, I'm kind of want to pick 
the Florida Gators here just in the hopes that Mizzou is able to prove me wrong once again. But in my eyes, I think Mizzou is going to take this one just because Mizzou in the past few years has had Florida's number. Yep. And this is a completely different Mizzou team in the points that Kyle brought up earlier of how Florida is not being able to practice as much as Mizzou. And one final point about the Florida game. Now, as the Chicago Bears fan, Mel Kuyper came out with a, you know, his draft boards typical year by year. And someone in this Mizzou-Florida game, the Bears are currently targeting with one of their top picks. Gotcha. With that being said. It's Kyle Trask. I, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's who I would have thought, too. So Cole and uh, Kyle are riding with Missouri. I'm going to ride with Florida this weekend. We'll see what happens. Nonetheless, let's move on to uh, Saturday's games. We've got a good one going on. In Michigan, we've got the Michigan State Spartans going to Ann Arbor to take on uh, Jim Harbaugh's, or John Harbaugh's, excuse me, um, 13th-ranked Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Let's talk to the Michigan fan here in the studio, Cole Tusing. Michigan, is it a dub or is it a loss? What's going on this weekend with them? I mean, Michigan looked... Impressive as impressive as you can in this current situation, beating Minnesota at Minnesota 49-24. Minnesota, Michigan's offense looks amazing. Their defense looks pretty solid. That looks like they can hang with anyone in the Big Ten, excluding Ohio State. Michigan State lost 30-27 to to Rutgers, which I don't even know how that's possible because in the Big Ten you lose to Rutgers. What is your football program? What is like, your situation right it's now? Like, it's like losing to KU in the Big 12. Or losing to Rice. And what conference does Rice play in? The CUSA. Don't be hating on, don't be hating on the Rice Owls. <laughs> they, they only lost on a quadruple doink last week. I'm just quoting what, what was the president JFK said? Why does Rice play football? It's why does Rice play Texas? Not because it's easy, but because it is hard. All right, getting back to this game. Cole, who do you got? You got, you got Michigan or you got Michigan State? I have to pick Michigan being played at Ann Arbor. And from what I know, my sister, who is a current freshman in Michigan, is going to this game. Nice. Gotcha. Kyle, I mean, what do you think? It's got to be the Wolverines, man. Michigan State lost to Rutgers. How are you going to come back after <laughs> you lose to Rutgers? And Michigan looked great against Minnesota. I wrote Michigan off last week. I said, oh, man, they're inconsistent. I think Minnesota's a better team coming in, you know, all that. I was proven very, very wrong. Give me the Wolverines here because I don't care how inconsistent they might be. Michigan State looks like, looks like Garbo. So I'm also going to ride the Michigan train, and ESPN also likes Michigan in this game, uh, or at least the line says that. Michigan is 23.5-point favorite. Moving on, uh, I want to talk about uh, two other games going on in the Big Ten. We've got 17th-ranked Indiana uh, going to Rutgers. Rutgers. Two 1-0 teams. Uh, it might not seem like an impressive matchup. Just curious to what you guys think. That game is uh, at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on the Big Ten Network. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You say it's not a very impressive matchup. After what Rutgers did to Michigan State, it's, yeah? it's interesting. It's an, it's I, interesting. I will say that. It's, yeah, that's a better way to say it. It's an interesting matchup. I, I think... I think Indiana takes this one. Indiana had a great game against Penn State. They won 36-35. No one expected them to do that. They came in, they they, they pulled the upset on, on the Nittany Lions. Rutgers, I mean, it's Rutgers. Yes, they beat Michigan State, but, uh, I mean, that could very well be a fluke. This is still Rutgers, man. I, I got to go with the Hoosiers. Cole, who do you got, man? I have to pick Indiana's one because, kind of like what Chance and Kyle, you alluded to, that both teams are both teams are one and zero. However, one of these teams, the one and zero, is way more convincing, and one of them is yeah. a bit of a fluke. So, give me Indiana here. Rutgers may be in the same situation we saw Mississippi State in, where they beat LSU. Then Mississippi State hasn't really shown much. I'm yeah. also going to take the 17th ranked Indiana Hoosiers. One more game to talk about in the Big Ten, real quick. Uh, we've got a good one on ABC tomorrow, 6:30 p.m. Central Time. The third-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes will travel to University Park, Pennsylvania to play the 18th-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions at Beaver Stadium. This game is typically uh, a sellout crowd. Um, I know that multiple people across the ESPN networks and really every sports network you can think of has mentioned that. Justin Fields, uh, OSU quarterback, uh, 20 of 21, 276 yards, 
and two touchdowns so far on the season. Uh, Cole, you being the Michigan fan, are you going against Ohio State, or who are you picking? I mean, me being part of the Michigan fandom has nothing to do with this game because I know. realistically, there's only one real right choice here. It's it's Ohio State. Yeah, Penn State just lost to Rutgers. Ohio State. Justin Fields is playing like he is well, not, not Trevor Rutgers, Lawrence. Uh, to, to Indiana. Oh, Rutgers, Indiana. That's what I meant. Yes. We were talking about Rutgers, and that's what yeah. tripped me up a little yeah, bit. Fair but enough. Fair enough. Ohio State. Justin Fields is showing why he should be the number one pick in the NFL draft compared to Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields went 20 of 21 for two touchdowns. And just the Ohio State offense and defense, I trust a lot more than Penn State because typically this is the year, this is a matchup where Ohio State, Penn State, this is the game that defies, that def, excuse me, defies, defines, I don't know why I can't talk today. <laughs> Ohio State and oh, Penn good. State, this is the game that usually defines which team represents the Big Ten West and the Big Ten Championship. And if you win that, you most likely will still not go to the college football playoff because you're in the Big Ten. So give me Ohio State here. I've got to take Ohio State because Justin Fields um, is one of my top favorites for the Heisman Trophy. This guy can play, and I think he's got a great future. I think he's going to have a lot of NFL uh, teams gunning for him. You know, we talk about tank for Trevor. Um, Trevor Lawrence has hinted he might not even go to the draft, so it's quickly becoming tank for Justin Fields, man. You know, so give me give me the Buckeyes here. The Buckeyes are just the better squad. Penn State coming off a tough loss. Ohio State beat the tar out of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Um, I just I, I I can't see any points against Ohio State in this football game. It is go Buckeyes here in the studio. Third ranked Ohio State. We've all got them to beat the 18th ranked Penn State Nittany Lions this week. Of course, let's jump into uh, the SEC for a little bit and talk about some games going on in the Southeastern Conference. We've got uh, fifth ranked Georgia going to Kentucky. I mean, that should that should 11 be a bulldog win tomorrow on the I mean, SEC If beat Kentucky in a convincing fashion, why Correct. would Georgia not have hey, any I'm, easier? Hey, I'm just throwing it out at you guys to see. Hey, because guess what? Any team can beat any team on any given week, but I know what you guys mean. So I think we're all going to ride with the Bulldogs here uh, against the Wildcats yeah. tomorrow. Uh, uh, there's, there's really, like, in the SEC, I mean, we, we always think of these high contention games, right? Yep. There's there's a few big ones, um, you know, where it's like, eh, maybe something will happen. Like, Alabama's defense is bad, but that shouldn't con- that shouldn't prevent them from beating Mississippi State. Vanderbilt Ole Miss is a, you know, that's a tussle of the two worst programs in the SEC. And, so. Ole, Miss, and Ole Miss lost a really suffering, they had a suffering loss yeah, last I mean, week. So if you if you want to see two piles of garbage wrestling each other, then I guess Vanderbilt Vanderbilt Ole Miss is your show down I, in Nashville. I think, I think in addition to the Mizzou-Florida game, uh, I really think that the two games to look at, and I know Mississippi State's record's only one and three. I know that they've had some difficulty the last couple of weeks. I just, I don't. Do you think, think does, does Mississippi State have a no, chance this week? No, absolutely Alabama? not. It's okay. not. It's not enough. If Alabama killed Georgia, <laughs> why would Mississippi State have any easier of a chance? Now, I mean, sticking- if you if you want a good SEC game besides Florida, Missouri, which I think is going to be really exciting. Arkansas A and M is going to be the next team. Arkansas A and M, man, because the Arkansas defense under Barry Odom has been a force. Meanwhile, you've got Texas A and M with Kellen Mond doing work, right? Doing work. Isaiah Spiller doing work, right? These Aggies look strong as all get out, which is really exciting for me, who's you know big A and M fan. But I'm also a bit concerned because the Razorbacks have looked competitive for the first time in a long time. They got a good win, 33-21 over Ole Miss. They got a 21-14 win over, at the time, ranked 16 Mississippi State, and that was in Starkville, right? This is being played at Kyle Field, so automatically I give I give the Aggies the advantage because, honestly, no matter who they play, when they're at Kyle Field, they always have the advantage. That 12th man is truly a deciding factor. So give me the Aggies here, but don't be surprised if the Razorbacks make this a big game. So I think what's kind of cool about that, and I just realized this, so what is the name of that field? Kyle Field. Yeah, 
and you're the I, Aggie fan. I, I just think that that's. I, I think that that's funny. I, that I, I, I always get asked. I, I was. I was cool. not named oh, after the football field. Um, <laughs> despite despite both my yeah. parents being Aggies, I was not named after the football field. Um, Absolutely. But I, I, it definitely holds a special place in my heart. So one final college football game before we go to the NFL move to break is not in the SEC, not in the Big Ten, not in the Pac-12 yet until next week. Is from the American Athletic, Memphis oh, at Cincinnati. Yes, yes, I wanted to talk about this. Oh my goodness, thank you for bringing this up. Cincinnati ranks seven, four and zero. Memphis three and one on the year, two and one in conference play. This game is going to be so good. These teams are super evenly matched. I don't give a crud what the line says. This could be this could be the Bearcats' undefeated streak on the line. It's in Cincy. I know, I know, you know, home team, you know, Cincinnati favored by six and a half. I would, I would go with the Bearcats here, frankly. But oh my goodness, Memphis is a great team. Do not be surprised if Memphis wins this football game. It's going to be close. It's going to be fun. This is one of the games of the week, frankly. Well, I think, okay, in addition to that game, too, I think, I mean, UCF Houston. We got a we got a three and two UCF team yeah, and a two and one Houston team. I mean, team. The, the, the one deal the, the one deal with that one is that um, both of those teams are kind of they're not what they used to be. Correct. Um, I still think it's a great game. Yep. Um, I would actually take UCF. Houston has fallen off. Um, and I I, I blame uh, Dan Holgerson, the their head coach, for that because this this team when Tom Herman was there was challenging for. A spot in the college football playoff. They yep. were undefeated the same year that UCF was, all the way up to like two games towards the end of the season, and they lost. You know, this team was great, um, but they've kind of fallen off. Um, I, I take UCF there. Another one to look forward to, still in the American. The American Athletic Conference is one of the most exciting conferences in football this year. SMU and yep, Navy. I knew that was going to be the next game you SMU mentioned. SMU and I think Navy. It is a good game. It's uh, six thirty p.m. kickoff Central Time on ESPN two. Yep. Uh, yeah, the Mustangs are twenty second ranked in the country. SMU, yeah, they, they got they got beat pretty bad by Cincy last week. Forty two and forty two to thirteen was the final score there. Look for them to bounce back against Navy. They are a great team, man. Shane Bichelle, who Tiger fans might remember, Shane, Bich- Shane Bichelle played for the Longhorns in the Texas Bowl four years ago, and he tore the Tigers up in that game. No chance for Missouri, you know. So, so look for Shane Bichelle to continue just being himself, which is really, really good. This team has mixed it up. They've done some yep. trick plays. What I want to see, and they they ran this once. I really want them to do it again. They ran a couple weeks ago a double reverse kind of flea flicker thing, where it was like a jet sweep. And then one one wide receiver tossed it to the running back, who then tossed it back to another wide receiver. That wide receiver was Tyler Page, yep. who slung it for a 55-yard completion. Didn't go for a touchdown, but it put the Mustangs in the red zone. And the reason I like that is because Tyler Page, as I mentioned on the show before, was my high school quarterback That's cool. back when I was in school at Friendswood. We were the Mustangs. So to see a Mustang slinging a 55-yarder, specifically Tyler, was just something else. All right, the last thing I want to mention before we wrap up our college football segment this week, again, Missouri and Florida will be at 6.30 p.m. tomorrow. You can catch the game here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. We will have Tiger pregame, I believe, at 5.30 p.m. with the guys here in the studio, and then we will have the broadcast team on that. Again, that game is Missouri at 10th-ranked Florida down in Gainesville tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. You can catch the broadcast right here on KCOU. Kyle, let's head to commercial break, and we've got the NFL coming up next. Absolutely. Triple Threat brought to you by Stickle and Dyer Law from here on KCOU. We'll be right back. Today's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Oh, nuts! There's a bobcat in this cave! Save us, sassy! You will, but first you'd like to stress the importance of cat adoption? Over 5 million cats go into animal shelters every year and they need to be adopted? Help us, sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt.
This kid died from using illegal drugs. And this kid died from using prescription painkillers. Now you tell me, which one's more dead? Talk to your kids about prescription drug abuse. scary edition of Triple Threat, brought to you by Sickle and Dry Law Firm here on KCOU 88.1 FM. We've finished up our college football talk here on Triple Threat. Let's get into the NFL. And for the first time in what seems like an eternity, the Atlanta Falcons did not blow the lead last night against Carolina. They hold on and win 25-17. Matt Ryan with 281 passing yards. Julio Jones going off for 137 yards receiving. So there's one matchup in the book. For sure. And this I, this Panthers team is kind of like, kind of losing me slowly yeah. as the season's kind of playing out. They're kind of losing some well, in, and with, important games in the NFC. And with and with Teddy Bridgewater as almost the season goes on. With Teddy Bridgewater almost losing his head last night. I mean, I Lord knows they're gonna be able to, you know. Keep healthy and all that. Yep. Um, you know, it was it was lucky, and you know, because he did get hurt, we were able to we were able to see XFL legend PJ Walker, uh, you know, coming in. But they, you're right. They they just don't look very convincing, um, which is unfortunate. But uh, moving on, so again, a 25-17 win for the Falcons over the Panthers. Uh, moving on into. Sunday's game, we've got a uh, what I would can say. Cons- I think right now a good word for the Patriots is inconsistent. I uh, think it's a very good word compared so, to a very correct. consistent Bills team. Exactly. So I was gonna. Uh, oh man, Kyle took it. Away. Kyle took the words out of my mouth. So you got an inconsistent team going up against a consistent team, sort of in a way. The ah, Patriots. I don't even say it's in a way. The Bills on CBS tomorrow, at or on Sunday. Uh, that's a noon kickoff. So the Patriots get steamrolled by the Niners last week. The Bills have had their fair share of also problems, you know, with some games over the past couple of weeks. You've got the Chiefs who handed them, you know, a loss. You've got the Titans who also handed them yeah, a loss. Yeah, but those are those are two I, losses I, against correct. quality teams. That is true. I so, think I think the Bills. I mean, look at Josh Allen. Guy's been playing like out of his lights mind. Off, out, lights. Sixteen touchdowns this year, man. Sixteen out, touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, forty-eight receptions for six hundred three yards, three touchdowns. Julian Edelman, doubtful for the game. Yep. Without Julian Edelman, Cam Newton has nobody. Who who the yep. heck is Cam Newton going to throw to? Yep. Nikhil Harry's questionable. He's not going to mm. get Nikhil Harry out there. This is Bills all the way. And I, yeah, oh, I, I, I'm, I, it's Bills Mafia this week. I, I've got the Buffalo Bills in this game. Cole, do you, uh, are you siding with your two co-hosts this week? Or are you gonna flip the script and take New England after a very depressing long, long, long years for Buffalo? <laughs> they're finally able to get revenge on their division opponent, the New England Patriots, and beat Bill Belichick. Yep. I would agree. Moving yep. on, let's talk about what's going on uh, with Baker Mayfield's football team. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. The Raiders are 3 and 3. The Browns are 5 and 2. Again, that's a noon kickoff on Fox. Uh the Raiders lost last week to Tampa Bay. The Browns, however, I did I do believe picked up a win last week and I'm going blank. Who did they beat last the week? The Bengals. That's what I thought. And um, it was close. Exactly. So, who do you guys like in this game? I like Cleveland at home. I like Baker Mayfield. I think he's been he's been good enough. He's been good enough. Um, Derek Carr has been relatively inconsistent. Um, this Raiders team, I mean, they're a perfect 500 record. The Browns have been looking good. Um, frankly, I I think they're good enough. You know, 
I, I don't know if they're gonna, you know, make any massive waves um, in the in the North. Um, I mean, you got a Ravens team and a Steelers team in that division that are going to run the place, but their losses are against the Steelers and the Ravens, right? Yep. When those are your only two losses, and both of those teams are just lights out great, I got no problem taking the Browns here. Cole Tusing, are you a Derek Carr or are you a Baker Mayfield this week? Both those QBs I do not like. So let's just talk about the teams themselves, Raiders versus Browns. I have to pick the Browns just for the sole reason of this one thing, that Kevin Stefanski is a better coach than Freddie Kitchens. Move on. Alrighty, alrighty. Moving on down. I'm, we're just gonna we're gonna I'm gonna have you guys give me a game pick here. We're gonna go real quick. We've got a four and two Colts team traveling to Detroit to take on a three and three Lions team. Kyle, real quick, who do you have? Gotta be the Colts. Cole, who do you have? Colts. Colts as well with me. Uh, real quickly, let's go with a one and five Vikings team taking on a five and one Packers team. I know Cole doesn't like picking the Packers. This game is uh, in the frozen tundra up in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Real quickly, Kyle, who do you have? Give me an angry Aaron Rodgers over a crummy a crummy Kirk Cousins any day. Cole Tusing, who do you have? As a Bears fan, I would love to see the Packers lose so the Bears can retake the first place in the NFC North. But I'm being a realist. I don't see Miss. I have any chance, especially Kirk Cousins as quarterback. So give me the Packers. Give me Aaron Rodgers uh, and the Packers over Kirk Cousins and the Vikings this week. Uh, we're not going to talk a lot about it because it's it's really not much of a matchup. I was going to say. An 0-7 Jets team traveling to Arrowhead to take on a uh, high-talented, horsepowered, talented, whatever word you want to put in there, great football team in the 6-1 and Kansas City Chiefs. That game is at noon on CBS. Real quickly, Kyle. I I just want to know how many <laughs> points the, the Chiefs are going to score, man. They, I mean, are, are y'all going to put up triple digits? They're favored by 19 and a half points right That's now. That's too low. Take <laughs> the over. Cole, who do you have? Adam Gase beats the Chiefs and gets a lifetime contract <laughs> with the Jets. Yeah, for all of our listeners, that was sarcasm. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, well, anyway. Watch it happen. And then, of course. Hey, if it does happen, I think he deserves a lifetime contract. <laughs> and then, of course, the loyal Chiefs fan here in the room myself. That being me, I will take the Kansas City Chiefs over the Jets this weekend. Uh, let's talk about, uh, I think, actually, believe it or not, people might look past this game, but I like the looks of it. A 5-2 and two Rams team taking on a 3-3 three and three Dolphins team down in Miami. Yeah, and we're going to see Tua. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Tua is going to get his first official NFL start, and you've got Jared Goff and the Rams, who they're, they are very good this year. No, and we're not going to look past that. But the Dolphins have also put up some quality wins this season. Yes, the, Dolph- the Dolphins have the Dolphins have played well. I will I will not you know three and three their record yes, but those losses are against the Pats, the Bills, and the Seahawks. Correct. Pats is maybe not the greatest of losses, but a loss to the Bills, and they only lost by four, but or rather by three points, and then they only lost to the Seahawks by eight. So it's not like they got blown out by two great teams, you know. Yep. The 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 Dolphins are, you know, they're they're good, you know, and I think Tua is gonna be a part of that. But the Rams, I look at the Rams and what they've done, right? They had a great win against the Bears. Yeah, they lost to the Niners, but that was in San Francisco. They've beaten the tar out of the Washington football team. They've beaten the tar out of the Giants. You know, they 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 took the NFC East task, the entire division. You know, they swept them, and they only lost to the Bills by three in Buffalo. I think the Rams have this one. I'm comfortable saying Jared Goff has the edge on Tua right now. Now, a couple years later, nah, give me Tua. But right now, I think Jared Goff has it. Cole Tusing, who do you like in this game? After seeing the Bears-Rams Monday Night Football game, I can't choose against the Rams here. They're such a quality team, and they made – the Bears have probably the worst offensive line performance I've ever seen in my life, so give me the Rams. All right, I'm also going to take the Rams against the Dolphins. Again, that game is noon kickoff on Fox. Rams over the Dolphins here in the studio. Uh, I possibly think game of the week. We've got another noon kickoff on CBS. We've got Big Ben taking on Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Of course, that is an undefeated 6-0 Pittsburgh Steelers team traveling to a 5-1 Baltimore Ravens team. This one's a good one, and this one is really, I think, 
uh, kind of an early uh, testament to see who is the top dog in that division. Honestly, you know, this is this is going to be the game that decides who plays the Chiefs for the AFC. And I agree with that. You know, um, I I take Baltimore. I really do. I know the the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated. And everyone's like, oh man, they might be legit. But I mean, the Titans almost beat them. The Eagles almost beat them. Heck, the Texans almost beat them. The Broncos were only five points away, and the Giants were only ten points away. Yeah, Pittsburgh's undefeated, but they have only just scraped by in every single game they've played, except against the Browns. So, I mean, Baltimore—they've got the one loss to the Chiefs. Oh no, you lost to Patrick Mahomes. Welcome to the gosh darn club. You know? Give me Baltimore. Alrighty. Cole Tusing, are you, uh, where where are you siding this week? Uh, The game has nothing to do with it being in Baltimore. And yes, I do agree that this game will decide who is going to take the AFC. Is it North Crown? Uh, Yes. Okay, AFC North Crown. Yep. So. The key to this game is going to be the quarterback play between Big Ben and Lamar Jackson. Whoever is the better quarterback is going to win this football game. Both defenses are top five, and they both have top five. Not top five, but they have a lot of great offensive weapons. So right now, it's really going to depend on if Big Ben, Lamar Jackson, whoever has the better game will win this game. I would agree. You've got uh, a talented James Conner for Pittsburgh. You've got a talented Ingram. And Marquise Brown for Baltimore. It's a it's it's a, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think, like we've said, the AFC North. You, you know, this is this is kind of a, a crucial game for either of these teams uh, to see who truly is the best team in that division. And of course, like Kyle mentioned earlier, uh, probably the favorite to take on the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I'm going, and I've been saying it all week. I'm going with Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm taking Pittsburgh over Baltimore. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game, though. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. And then we've got uh, a couple more games I want to talk about. We've got uh, Colts Bears uh, hosting Drew Brees and the Saints. That this is, is going to be an interesting one because a late kickoff at three twenty-five on Fox. The Saints are favored by four and a half. Um, but this is a battle of two teams that are woefully inconsistent, especially at the quarterback position. Drew Brees, as great as he is, is not getting it done consistently and you know he's got Kamara to help him out and you know that's probably going to be the turning point is if Kamara can really get going right if this Bears rushing defense can hold Kamara then the Bears have a decent chance of winning I'm not going to say they have a great great (laughs) chance Cole's already shaking his head so Cole's got different thoughts Cole let's hear what the loyal Chicago Bears fan has in the room but Kyle no I agree with those points as well it doesn't matter this game's being played in Soldier Field. I think, Kyle, you mentioned how the Saints were being favored by how many points? Uh, I believe it was like four and a half. Four and a half points. I right think you take the way over on that one. Are you because, thinking they're going to kill him? Because Rob, Allen Robinson, the number one receiver for the Bears, is going through concussion protocol, so most likely he will not play for the Bears-Saints game. And, oh no, Nick Foles is without his number one receiver. A. Jackson currently is going through a knee injury, so they won't have one of their best defensive players. And the Bears, probably most likely, will also not have Cleo Mack because he didn't practice this week because he has a ankle injury. So you're talking about how the Bears may be a whole Kamara. Well, now that two of your best defensive players are out for this game, most likely, and you're without your number one receiver, I don't see the Bears pulling this out at all. And even if they somehow do, if the Bears somehow in some holy God that the Bears beat the Saints, they play the Titans and they will promptly get their butt whooped. Fair enough. <laughs> Interesting. Fair enough. I'm going to take the Bears over the Saints to wrap to, to to get things closer to finishing here. I have the te- well. Let's mention the Texans. They're on a bye this yes, week. So yes, yes. The, the Texans. Play, they the Texans will finally win a game because I know they can beat the vicious bye. Absolutely. The last game I want to talk about is what's going on in Seattle. Uh, yes. On Sunday, we've got a. Four and three San Francisco 49ers team taking on uh, a five and one Seattle Seahawks team. That game is at 3:25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Let's go around the studio real quick. Let's start with Cole. Cole, 
I know that the 49ers don't seem to be the team every week for you. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I know, kind of seems to be the same way. He's not, you know, who he thinks. You, you, not, you don't think he's high talent and elite. I get it. He's probably mediocre, middle of the pack. Who do you like in this game? I mean, Jimmy G is mediocre average because yeah. he is mediocre average. Like, there's no other way you slice him. I mean, he's not one <laughs> of the elite quarterbacks in the league. Are you saying he's better than Lamar Jackson? No. no. Not, Are you no, saying he's I, better than Mahomes? I'm, no, he's better than Russell Wilson? I'm no. Not, I'm not I would say, say he's not even better than Kyle Murray. I'm not – oh, I I would agree. I'm not saying he's elite, but I know that every week you 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 go to this conversation with Jimmy G and the Niners. So who do you, who do you like in this game? I know the Seahawks lost to the Cardinals yep. in overtime, but – Honestly, the quarterback play, Russell Wilson, is still a top MVP candidate. And it's being played in Seattle, so give me the Seahawks. Kyle? I, I take the Seahawks here as well. Russell Wilson is great, but I want to talk about his receiving core because Tyler Lockett's great, DK Metcalf's great. Man, you got those two guys. That's all you That's all you need, man. That's all you really need. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I, I'm also going to ride the Seattle train. You know, I think what Russell Wilson can do with his arm— and I had never heard of this before until last Sunday Night Football when Chris Collinsworth pointed this out, the moon ball. Yes. And the way that Russell Wilson throws the football, literally perfect almost every single time. He can throw the long ball so well. And he has two. I think DK Metcalf is a top five receiver in the NFL. Lockett is probably very close. Those guys are so good. There. Cole's like, Cole, I don't know what Cole's thinking right now. I'm going to let him have the floor for a second. What do you got, Cole? I know we're not going to roll past the point that you said DK Metcalf is a top five wide receiver in the league. He's I don't know if he's top five. I he's think he's certain... like top 15, but I'm, I don't know about top five. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ba- I, give him, I'm, I give him top 10. I'm going to back that up. I did say I was talking to my roommate. Uh, I said top 10 yesterday, so I think top 10 is comfortable. Yeah, top 10, top 15 is comfortable. So one final game I want to talk about. The records may not show it, but Monday night, Tampa versus the New York Giants. Oh, you think that now the, the, reason you think why, the no, Giants are going to no, win or something? No, no, no. That's not, I'm not looking at the matchup itself. Yeah. It's what's behind the matchup and who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers recently got, Antonio Brown. Yeah, I guess so. I don't think he's going to play, though. I, I think he, he's been acquired uh, too early. He might play next week, but he's not going to play on Monday. I think he lasts two weeks in the NFL before he's gone once again. <laughs> I am gonna take because uh, I mean, we've seen that twice already. How, how long until he? How long until he like you know gets into some sort of crime? To wrap up the NFL discussion, I'm gonna take the Bucks over the Giants on Monday Night Football. Oh, I want to yeah. switch over and talk about real quickly while we have a couple more minutes left here on Triple Threat this week. Uh, baseball wrapped up this week too. The Tampa Bay Rays, of course, falling to the Dodgers in six games. The Dodgers taking the series four to two. They beat. The Rays in Game Six, three to one. That, uh, of course, happened now. What three days ago? Yeah, yeah just about three days ago on October twenty seventh. Of course, the Dodgers are World twenty twenty World Series champions. Uh, real quickly, I know that Kyle's the big baseball fan here in the room. Cole, if you want to mention anything, you can. I'm going to mention very little myself. Uh, your and not just about the World Series, but your thoughts about how uh, the how you know baseball was run this year with the modified season. Your overall thoughts of the season, and then a little bit of the World Series. You know, there's there's some rough parts. We saw the Cardinals with big COVID case numbers. We saw the Marlins with big COVID case numbers. We saw Justin Turner testing positive in the middle of Game Six, being pulled, and then afterwards still running on the field like an idiot. You know. A lot of you know there was a lot of bumps. Um, Manfred didn't run this thing perfectly, um, and there there should be, and there needs to be a lot of criticism on him for unrelated COVID things, but certainly for how he's handled a few of these. Um, but in the end, we did get baseball, we did get a World Series, and you know, am I happy the Dodgers won? No, I hate the Dodgers, but you know, I'm, I'm glad that we had a World Series. You know, absolutely. And I, you know, my my little point that I'm going to make is. Uh, credit what baseball was able to do, credit what the NBA was able to do, and hockey. All three of those professional sports. Uh, and the WNBA and, and the NWS, and the NWSL. WNBA, and then what was the what was the fifth one you just mentioned? The, the NWSL. The NWSL, all for crowning a champion under the strange, different, crazy circumstances we're all living in with COVID-19. Hats off to all the commissioners. Hats off to all the staff, coaches, players. Everybody involved in all of those organizations across pro sports, uh, hats off, congratulations to all of you guys and all of the respective champions. 
in each of those leagues. It was great to see uh, you know, champions crowned in each of those pro sports. Yep. We got one more bubble that is still occurring, not in America. We've got the IPL playing out in uh, in uh, the UAE. Um, and my goodness, we have some we've had some great cricket. I know, I know y'all don't watch the cricket very much, uh, but Mumbai Indians have uh, wrapped up a playoff spot. They've qualified in first place. Um, they've looked dangerous. I, I have them as my favorites to win the IPL, but they will be challenged very, very hard by, uh, by the Delhi Capitals. And then don't, don't count out Royal Challengers Bangalore. Um, I know that they're, they're kind of a meme team when it comes to winning things. They always get, like, right there right at the cusp of winning, and then they suck. Uh, but, you know, Virat Kohli and A.B. de Villiers are both wonderful cricketers, um, and heck, man, this might this might be RCB's year. Um, but certainly going into the playoffs, uh, coming up relatively soon, I, I, would, I would put my money behind Mumbai. Yeah, Cole, any final sports thoughts before we close out this week's edition of Triple Threat? I guess, you know, talking about the bubble and everything, you know, talking about how the NBA was able to close, the MLB was able to close. Obviously, the NFL is still ongoing everything, but with all the COVID stuff, just hope that with this very weird uh, 2020 end, once 2020 ends, hope that 2021 cannot get any worse, honestly. The last, and I completely agree with all of what you just said. The last thing I wanted to say is this is very important. We have an election coming up on Tuesday. Freaking vote. If you're listening to KCOU and Triple Threat and the guys here in the studio, it is so important to vote in this year's election. Uh, our democracy uh, depends on every single citizen voting, whether it's absentee ballot, going to the polls, make sure you mask up, keep a safe distance, wash your hands if you do indeed go to the polls, absentee ballots, make sure you get them mailed in properly on time uh but again i cannot reiterate it enough please 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 vote i know i've done some text banking campaigning uh for you know various campaigns this week it's been a great experience but the last thing i'm going to say is again please vote uh kyle i'm gonna send things back over to you to wrap it up yeah you know we we might all have different political opinions across this country but one thing that should be bipartisan and needs to be bipartisan Get yourself out to the gosh dang polls, man. I don't care if you're doing early voting absentee. I don't care if you mailed in your ballot. I don't care if you're standing in line on November 3rd, which is what I'm going to be doing. Join me in voting for the love of all goodness. It's important. Anyway, that's going to do it for Triple Threat. Brought to you by Stickland Dryer Law Firm here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy Halloween. Make sure to get yourself some candy to celebrate the occasion. And once again, freaking vote, please. Bye-bye.